Welcome to the FNRAD Snowboarding Podcast. I'm Eric Tralson. Wow, this is a great way to climb mountains and come down, you know. For our reception, our Vulcan buddies brought acid. I was ducking in and snaking people and causing shit. And I remember calling on the radio and I'm like, Brushy, where are you? You know, Greg would do the tricks. He was kind of like the Tony Hawk of snowboarding. I mean, people just really gravitated to the backcountry. I liked Craig, but he didn't really care for me too much because I was a little shithead. Our guest this week is Kevin Jones, who ESPN called snowboarding's first superstar. I don't know that he'd agree with that, and I also don't know that he likes any kind of title. He didn't really love the limelight, although he had his fair share of it because he won the X Games a whole bunch of times, and he just was such a talented, competitive snowboarder. But he also ripped in the backcountry, so he had huge parts in all the major films of the mid to late 90s. I first met Kevin in 1994 down in Mount Hood. We talk about it in the interview a bunch. I was down there at the Ice Age cabin. Ice Age Snowboards was our sponsor. My best friend Chris and I took a Greyhound down to Portland and then out to the campsite where we stayed for a bit. And then we moved into this Ice Age house with Jimmy Scott and Tom Burt and the whole Ice Age team and Aaron Sedway and this kid, Kevin Jones, who just ripped. And we got to ride with him a bunch. And it was plain as day that this guy was going somewhere. We came back from that trip and we were super stoked because we got an ad for Ice Age in Transworld Snowboarding Magazine. That was like the pinnacle of my snowboarding career. And it was like the best thing that had ever happened to me. But meanwhile, Kevin was winning Transworld Snowboarding's Rider of the Year in the Riders Poll like three years in a row after that. He just went on to become this phenomenon in snowboarding with just video parts in Alaska and just, he was top pro in the world for a long time. And I gotta admit, we did live vicariously through having met him and having gotten to ride with him. I'll just get to the interview here. I'm gushing over this guy. He was such a dude then. He's still such a fucking amazing dude now. I hope you enjoyed the interview. Yeah, hello. Yo, is that Kevin? It is. Hey, man. I was mixing the intro for uh, the Tarquin Robbins episode I'm I'm doing. Well, holy shit, I want to hear that one. That's <laughs> going to be a good one. He's a really interesting dude. <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That dude, oh, man, yeah. Yeah, I don't think anybody got kicked out of the trade show for carrying a gun in there. It's so gangster in Colorado and in Vegas that you, you're carrying a gun to a snowboard trade show. Yeah, Tarquin Robbins. Yeah, that's funny. Awesome. Big team fantasy, man. I mean, that's heavy. And so good, though. Like, still relevant. Just, I don't normally sound this grovelly, but it seriously has snowed over 200 inches in the last two weeks. Like, it's gnarly. It's been, like, survival and fun. Oh, mid-90s. It's awesome. I seriously think in places it's more. Like, it's so beyond on here. It's like, now all we need is just like those little six inches, you know? Like, we don't need any more snow. <laughs> when it snows, it's fucking awesome. The last time we had it here was 2011. It snowed so big, it did this. It snowed like 10 feet. And I'm, I was actually living in Jackson Hole at the time, but I got the reports from the Hatchet Brothers. They were, always, they were coming like, yeah, it's fucking, it's nuking, it's nuking, it's nuking. And I'm like, it's one thing for it to snow, but... Us a snowboarder, like we have to have this cycle. It's got to snow a foot, track it all out, be safe. Avalanche conditions have to be bad and good. You know, it's like there's so many things that come together to make like a good Saturday happen. 
and you try to explain this to somebody who doesn't is not a snowboarder, they don't even get it. Or you can even explain this thing to somebody who's a snowboarder, but maybe he's like a park or a pipe guy, and you're like, what are you doing today? <laughs> you're riding a chairlift. It's stable. That line has not been doable in 14 years. I don't know. It's just it's crazy to me. I snowboarded so much and shoveled so much snow that I'm sick. I got like some yeah. strep throat going on. And <clears throat> I can talk about this shit all day long. Just I mean, it's like... It's not just about snowboards anymore. Like I used to just think it was like, oh, a snowboard crew, snowboard crew. But it's like, it's, but you can take that and it's like human beings in general. And then you're just like, well, well, snowboarding is, if you're a snowboarder, there's a lot of shit going on. When you really think about it, like, okay, you have to have a car. Most snowboarders have their shit kind of going on. Like you kind of have to have that car be in pretty good shape. I mean, like a Subaru or, yep. so you're already like off the bat, like you, and then you have to have, like, clothing. You have to have, like, underwear and thousands and thousands of dollars worth of... And you have to have, like, a... I mean, the bare minimum, you got to have, like, one set of goggles. And you got to have... They can't be scratched. you got to take care of them. And then you have to have gas because you're always, like... The heater's always on. You know? <laughs> yeah. You're always all cold. You're always drying your boots off. And, so you, and your friend is offending you because he's drying his boots off in some crazy little zone. You're like, dude, I don't want to smell your fucking feet right now. <laughs> yeah. And then, okay, how are we going to get on this mountain? Yeah. First thing there is like your lift ticket stuff. So now you're clipping tickets. So now you have to have a heat gun <laughs> back in the day. Well, then you have to have beer for the night. So you have to figure out how to, or weed or whatever, you know, because most of them, they either smoke weed or they drink beer or whatever. And then you got to figure that out. And then, it, and you're not even on the chairlift yet. And you're invested, like, I don't know, like, 10 grand just right off the bat. Like, to like to be a snowboarder is not a cheap thing. Yeah. And it, usually these people that do this, they're not idiots. There's only a few Brian Aguchis that take it so seriously. And you want to have one of those guys on your crew that's, like, digging pits and checking shit out and making sure that the train you're wearing or you're riding is safe. I don't think you'd ever have a crew of people that everybody's doing that. I've hung out with Brian Aguchi quite a bit. And he's he's safe, but he's not that safe. I mean, there's there's a point where it's not. You can only be ten percent safe in the mountains. Yeah. And, and the reason I say this is is my experience. Because look at everybody that's dead. The mm-hmm. Coons dead, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He died saving some, trying to help somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know who wouldn't? I mean, it, it gives me chills. Like my whole body is in chills because that's just who he was, right? Christian Cadenia, like best died in Valdez ever die Aaron Caritas died Haynes Alaska dead like boom like just this this sport is only you 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 can be so safe Mm -hmm. but you're still dealing with mountains you you can't be safe in the mountains there's not an avalanche safety course when avalanches happen they never do what you want them to do Right. It's always further back than you think they're going to break, and they always take people's lives. Either you're going to handle that or you're not. Don't be a snowboarder then. Right. Death happens. Like It's going to suck. What was your absolute first experience on a snowboard? I think a Kemper. I, I was in a band when I was a kid called Yukon Cornelius. And I, 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 this dude had a snowboard, and I, I just really thought that snowboarding was stupid. Like, I hated it. Were you a skateboarder? Is I that thought, Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up skateboarding. I was so into skateboarding. Like I was, I was a skateboarder. You know? Your quintessential little 
late 80s, early 90s skateboarder kid. You know, punk rock, and you hated the establishment, and you hated everybody. And, and snowboarding was just, oh, what are these idiots doing? But then I, I, I watched this movie, and I was like, oh, John Carneone Snow and Slaznik, like two of my, like ultimate idols, right? These guys are snowboarding? It must be cool. I remember having this thought. I go, Cardios, it's snowboarding. I better go try it because it was just right here, you know? <laughs> the footage I saw was that they're just right up the hill. I lived in Tahoe or in Potterville, which is a 20 minute drive. So I was like, fuck, I better go up there and check it out. And so I went snowboarding with Hook. Like the first moment, like I, I strapped into a board. It was a Kemper. Cardio doesn't realize the influence that he has had on somebody's life. It's like, I traded my bass guitar for a snowboard. I don't even know how I got up there. Man, I didn't hitchhike. I know that, but somehow I got up to the mountain. I don't remember. And I put this thing on, and it was just like there were. I didn't fall. I didn't it, it, like. I knew what I was going to be doing for the next twenty years. Like I, I seriously, I got off this chairlift thing. I remember like kind of tripping on the chairlift, and I, and I went up there, and, and I'm all by myself, right? And I get on this thing, and I go. It wasn't like my homies were taking me up, right? Or showing me how to do it. I'm like, I got out, strapped into the thing, and it just felt so right. I was like, fuck, this is awesome. It was like the breeze is going, and it was like cold, the boreal. <laughs> boreal. <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that huge mountain in boreal, California. <laughs> <laughs> but I just remember, like, it, it was so, and, and I rode down that thing, that mountain, and I was like, wow, this is incredible. And that's basically how I started snowboarding. I, I remember you from Mount Hood on that theme of kind of like ju you just doing stuff on your own. So Mount Hood, 1994 maybe, <clears throat> just before you broke out big. You are with Aaron Sedway, and you guys were staying at the oh, cabin yeah. that we were, that our sponsor, Ice Age, was renting. And, you oh, know, okay, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah and everybody's I mean, kind of... Exactly, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, so we're, we were all kind of... You know, like Tom Burt and Jimmy Scott got upstairs rooms. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then, like, we were, like, the B team, so I was sleeping on a couch or something. And you chose to sleep outside. I remember that. I remember you're like, I'll just sleep over here on the wood pile or whatever. And you set up an out, outdoor bed just by yourself. It, that, that seriously doesn't surprise me because I still do the same. seemed like you were just a solitary person. It is exactly what I do. It's not. It, it's not that I don't like hanging out with people. I just like chilling out by myself sometimes. I, I, I can't handle the social scene. Has always been crazy to me. I would fly into Japan, and they would be. I mean, not just being all those guys. There would be people screaming at the airport. There would be people waiting. Like I'm like, how did you get my flight number? How do you even know that? Who's leaking this? It, it just became weird, and you're just this kid, you know. You're, like, you're just <laughs> yeah. this little snow why are you fascinated with me? Like, go, like doctors are cool. I mean, they, they like heal people. Like I'm, I'm just, all I did is a backside three off of this cliff. Like, why are you into me? It's just, it's weird, dude. It's, and it gets into your brain. Like I've been tripped on this for 20, it's happened. This morning it happened. This morning, like this chick called me. She's like, Oh my God. And I'm like, how did you get my fucking number? Who, who are you? What are you doing? I thought it was like a, an emergency, you know? Who yeah. calls you at 6 o'clock in the morning? It's cool, like, the first two years it happens, but now it's, it's totally fucking annoying. I don't want to sound like a prima donna, like, complete dick wad. It's, it's not about that. It's about respecting. You wouldn't do that to a friend. Like, don't do it to 
somebody you don't know. I remember that you'd signed a seven-year contract with Lamar, and I think by the end of it, I was kind of watching going, oh, fuck, he's just dying to get off of Lamar. Lamar got bought by Jamie Salter, and we were trying to do the agent thing. It was me and Steve Asifin. You know, I just wanted to go skate and snowboard. I didn't care about all that shit. Pay my bills and fucking, I just want to go shred, you know? So with Lamar, I would say it was a seven-year deal, but it was a five with a two with they had an option to match any other. Legally, you couldn't go anywhere else on the, if they, they could match a, yeah. a, a legitimate offer. So there is conflict of interest there where, say, if I had ownership in a, in a company, I couldn't, that company couldn't come in and, and bid on you, per se. Right, it gets it gets complicated. But, Which is complicated um, considering you signed that contract when you were basically a kid, right? Like I never signed it. This is the thing. I had an agent. I had people looking out for me. I somebody that had power of attorney. Yep. I I mean I signed it in essence, but I had somebody that, that would pay my bills for me. I had somebody that we were the first people to to start a an agency. You know, it was a blessing at the time. Yeah. I just was in La La Land. I just. I'm like, fuck, you want me to go to Japan and snowboard? Fuck, yeah. Like, I see all these, like, Instagram photos now, like, people are in Japan. I'm like, yeah, that is cool. It was cool 20 years ago. It's going to be cool 20 years from now. It's going to be cool, you know, 40 years after that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I don't know. The agency thing was weird because snowboarding didn't know that it needed agents yet. Like, right. It wasn't that I uh, I wanted to create a, an agency at all. It was just, fuck, man, I was getting late fees on like, 35 bucks is a lot of money to me. So I was like, oh, man, I didn't pay my phone bill. I'm like, well, fuck, I don't need a phone. I'm like, I'm just traveling. So uh, I was like, I don't need a phone. So I shut the phone off, you know? But then they're still sending me, like, well, I want their, they want their phone back. Are they, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. For the yeah. cable. Yeah. You know, you shut the cable off. And then back in those days, you had to, like, give the cable box. I'm like, I'm getting these 90. So I'm making $750 a month snowboarding, yeah. thinking I'm rich, but yeah. I'm paying it all in late fees and... Long story long is we found uh, the family. This we called the family because it was just this our little family, and I figured that there would be other people. Sorry, I'm peeing right now. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, sometimes you have to pee. Now, uh, well, the, the family was a it's an agency that was started out of necessity because I was I don't know twenty twenty years old and twenty two maybe and. 21st birthday it was in France and that's when I realized that okay this snowboarding thing like it's just not a joke right there's a career here and I was a I was a pretty smart kid it's kind of funny because sometimes I think I'm like I want to be that kid again <laughs> I want to be that kid that that's so open-eyed and so like there was no opportunity that I went I just like okay cool yeah and he had no idea so mm-hmm. it was like okay yeah you paid my bills so he, he paid the bills and I'm like okay well I got this contract coming up. Why don't you go talk to this guy? Because I don't want to talk to him. So I'm, I'm just like, I'm not good at talking to people. I'm, I'm good at interviews now, but that's 20 years in the making. Sure. But back in the day, I wouldn't, I was a scared kid. Like you said, like you saw me at the Mount Hood place. I would go sleep outside. Yeah. You just came and skated with us and you were good. Like, I remember that. You just weren't like partying every night. And to us, it seemed like you were more professional than we were. It was like, he's not hungover today. Look at, he's hiking up from the bottom and we're... We used to hike all the way up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. From the bottom. What I have learned in life, in in my life, is that when you have one thing that you're really good at and people people struggle with it or 
or fight with it. Yeah. Like, I don't have to talk. I can never talk about snowboarding, and I'm just going to be a, a great snowboarder. Yep. And I'm, comfor- I'm comfortable saying that. It took me a long time to be able to, you know, to, to be able to say that. I have a gift. You do. It's no different than, than, than somebody that is that rolls sushi. I go to roll sushi, and I don't know, then my fingers don't work. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't cut it right. I was like, fuck, man. Why can't I roll sushi? It's just, we, we all have these gifts. Yeah. You found yours when you were and young. I was lucky to find my gift, yeah. And we were lucky to have had it. You were like Trans World's rider pole rider of the year for a couple of years in a row after that. And I remember being like, that's why he was so fucking good. Was because he's fucking so good. I was measuring myself up against you going, I gotta quit, man. This guy's too fucking good. It's so funny, too, because you bring me back to the, the thought process of the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I was the same way. I was like, if, if I didn't learn this trick, I'm, I'm not going to... Mm-hmm. All I wanted to do was, like, to go to Alaska, and I wanted to be, like, Noah Selaznik. And mm-hmm. that was my whole, like, it's all I wanted to do. I just said, I just want to be like Selaz. I want to be like Selaz. I want to be like Selaz. Like, I was obsessed with it. Like, partying, like, going to Mount Hood. I, I, I lived in a tent up there for so long. <laughs> I live in a tent now, too, by the way. But um, I got the social thing. Like, I wanted to party. I, I, I love drinking beer. But I didn't like to do it all night to where it affected the next day. Like, the party, like, my mantra was always the parties on the hill. Like, what are we, are we here to party? Are we here to, here to go up on the mountain and make rad shit happen? Like, magical shit. I can look back in my memory bank and go, fuck, man. Heavy. Awesome things have gone down, you know? But the, the curse of that is that you don't, you don't stay up all night and, and have that conversation in the bathroom with the with the girl that you probably should have, or or your family misses you, or yeah. I didn't know that you had left the scene deliberately. Like you called your sponsors, you're like, "Fuck, stop the checks, I'm done. I'm not going to snowboard anymore." Was there an incident around that time that just made you go like, "Fuck snowboarding"? I, I think I know what your question is, mm-hmm. and it's a very good one. Um, yeah. I woke up and went, you know what? Fuck it. I have ch- my whole body is chills right now. Mm-hmm. Right, snowboarding is so important to me. Mm-hmm. It's my life. But it's your job. But all this other shit that's involved with it. I, we had agencies going on. We had fucking, like, I had to go down and, like, get, like, my face casted for, like, a, like a, being an a action figure. Like, yeah. Not the first one, like, like, but, like, the second one. I'm like, fuck, do, do we really need a fucking other action figure? I don't know. I was just running around, like, chasing my tail. It's like, I would walk in these places, okay, and, and it'd be like, and stay in these super nice hotels. I'm like, I don't want to stay in a nice hotel. Like, Can I sleep outside? There's no fucking... I would stay in these hotels, and they wouldn't even have, like, a, a way to, like, open a window. They thought that that's what you wanted. They thought that you wanted to be on the, you know, $500,000 fucking hotel room, penthouse. I'm like, no, I just want to go fucking... Sleep under the stars. <laughs> that's all I want to do, and, and hang out with somebody that's cool, and, and drink a forty. Sure. And that's all I want to do. Like, I don't, I don't need this. This is your, your guys' idea of what you think that I might want. I don't want that. Never have, never will. So, when I said finally, like, fuck off, snowboarding, I was, I had a wife. Mm-hmm. I gotta like chill, and I, and I always thought that I could chill. 
And when I say chill, I mean my obligations for years and years and years. Like you can't keep up that schedule. And then the more famous or whatever, or the more popular you get, you have more shit just piling on. But the thing is, with sponsors, you don't ever get to. It's like um, California tax laws. They add 350 of them a year, and they don't ever take one away. Right. So here I am. I'm getting older, and I'm like, more shit's going on. And I'm like, there's an X Games commercial on TV, and I'm like, fuck, my face is on that. Like, I don't want to be on the X Games. I just went there and snowboarded a couple times, man. Like, I don't want to be like the X Games guy. Then I told X Games, I said, fuck you, I'm not coming. Wow. I'm not going to come to your event anymore. I don't want to be on your commercials. Like, can you... Then I couldn't stop it. It was like, it was weird, man. Like, it just got so, you're a puppet. Right. And I just, I went kind of crazy. I was sick of people using me to make themselves money. Yeah, that doesn't sound And all crazy. I wanted to do was just crawl outside and <laughs> sleep under the stars. <laughs> That's all I wanted to do. It's it's really interesting that you brought up that Matt Hood story. I don't remember that per se. I remember the Ice Age house, and I remember going up there with Sedway. Yeah, and he had he had some super good weed. And I, I totally remember that. Yeah, I don't think we ever got in with the weed. I think we were no. I, I don't I remember smoke it, it, but I, I just know that that's how we paid for yeah. the gas. Oh, nice. Sell some weed. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. So for us, for me, that conversation with you. I was genuinely curious why the fuck you were sleeping outside. Like, I was like, you can have the couch if you want. Like, just because I'm a Canadian and I'm being polite. And you said, no, no, I like sleeping out here. I can see the stars. And to me, something in my brain changed at that moment. Because I was like, there's a person who's not afraid to sleep on a wood pile that's probably full of fucking spiders or something. I was like a scared kid. And I was like, wait, you can sleep outside? That's a thing you can do? I didn't know you could do that. I thought if you did that, you would just die. <laughs> I can't believe how brave <laughs> this guy is. And right at that moment, something inside me changed where I was like, you know what I mean? I'm a boy. That guy's a man. He can sleep on a wood pile. I did the opposite of what you did. When, mm. I, when I was up snowboarding, I made excuses because I was like, did you see how hard I partied last night? Of course I'm not going to be able to hit that jump today. I'm hungover. I was afraid. Sure, That's what it came sure. Down to. No, I do. This is a great story, actually. Yeah, let's hear it. It, it. it had snowed like eight inches, like nothing, and we were sitting there and we, we were skating, and it was before they had the, the skate park there and everything. And I mean, definitely, like, fuck, man, we should uh, we should drag a picnic table up. Let's just drag it up the road. Mm-hmm. And so we did. We just drag, we drug a picnic table and a, and a rail up there, and then. Like it was stupid as snowboarding, like 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 dirt and bark. <laughs> like, yeah. There wasn't enough yet, you know. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, I've been thinking about. It. I, I got this, and we talked about it a couple times at his house. Like, yeah, you, this 450, like just a little bit more than the 360. Like, we can do this. Like, let's just go do it. And it's still just a little bit more, like four or five inches. And it's like, fuck, he's gonna do it. And the dude, he just he just looked at me, smoked a huge joint. An hour before, and it was it was like a mellow day, super mellow, like a, d- a day where you're watching movies. And I don't smoke weed. I mean, I, every once in a while, but some dudes are just super into it, and Jeffy happened to be into weed. And I just remember him just like puffing on that joint, and just he got this like 
crazy look in his eyes. I got my shovel and I like packed his jump down a little bit, and I because I can sense when it's going to go off. I can sense when shit's about to get heavy. Like you're just joking around all day. Like basically that's how my day works. I mean, you know. Yep. And then all of a sudden it's like, well, it's about to get heavy. So I and then I and this rail was only like three or four inches into the dirt. Like dirt. I mean, it wasn't even snow yet. So I, I put some snow in there and I'm like, all right. And he dropped in and he just did it. He did the first 450 onto a rail that I that I had seen That's on the cool. most sketchy little nothing thing in early November, probably I don't know 90, 99, 2000. I don't even know what year it was. I love but, that, dude. That's rad. But so that's my long story with with Jeffy, and I would never tell that to the fucking next game. Yeah, no, I will. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I totally appreciate it. I'd feel disrespectful continuing without some context here. That story was about Jeff Anderson, an amazing snowboarder who passed away in a tragic accident in Japan in 2003. He was much beloved by the snowboarding community, and his death shocked the snowboard world. Kevin and Jeff were very close friends. I remember you and Tara were together for a really long time. Was that, like, the best thing ever? You were, like, the prince and princess of snowboarding. People had, had said that about us, but that's what it ultimately ruined us, yeah. Oh, that fucking sucks. Because we couldn't... We were we were just in love. We were in love before the, 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 the super snowboard thing right. happened. How did you guys meet? Were uh, you on a team together? We were just in the Mammoth scene because Mammoth was the only place that had a snowboard park so right. I lived in Truckee I lived in Truckee for the snow and the easy access backcountry because mm-hmm. back then we didn't have slipboards and stuff and I lived in Mammoth in a garage or, or in a wherever I mean both places I, I, I didn't have a home my home was you know where, where I would go <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible I just I had a backpack and I had Sometimes I had a car. Sometimes I didn't have a car. You know, I, I drove a Volkswagen Spurback, and it was luxury for a long time. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, so Tara was just always around. She was always the girl that was down to go shred. It didn't even matter that she was a girl. It, it, it really didn't. I mean, Tara switched backside rodeo, and she had him on lock. She could do him in the park. I was like, I can't fucking do that. I mean, I'll do it in the powder, but I, there's no fucking way I'm going to do that in, on a park jump. And she just fucking hucks it off, and I'm like, okay. Incredible doesn't even... Yeah, no. She's like a goddess. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when she filmed that video part, and and, and Halipop was going around with her, and I'm like, dude, this is like a, a dude part. People are going to be talking about this for like hundreds of years. Yeah, no, so I always knew she... We just... Um, oh man, am I gonna go down this road? Yeah, we we were so in love. It's not even funny, but we were both. Just it was bad timing. Snowboarding was important to us, and you get two people that it's almost like you need somebody that's just like stay at home housewife, and then you have the guy that just goes out and goes climbing or snowboarding all the time. You know, like. If you have two super gnarly things getting together, I'm not saying it, it, everything about it was awesome. It just wasn't. It's it's a it's a tough subject. She's she's just. A, I have nothing, not one bad thing to ever ever what I say about her. We were the the king and queen of snowboarding. If that's how people wouldn't see it, sure. And it sucks that we would go to places and we couldn't. Nobody, we couldn't be left alone. Right. We couldn't enjoy 
the fruits of our labor. That so makes speak. sense. The phone would just be like you couldn't. Like, I, had, I would unplug the phone. I would throw the phone out the fucking window. They would charge us for the phone, <laughs> and then she'd get pissed at me for throwing the phone out. And it's like complete freaking weirdo rich people problems, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, Kevin, he's such an asshole. I threw the phone out the window <laughs> because it wouldn't stop ringing. I just want to be normal. I want to go sleep outside. You can't sleep outside. You can't even open the window because they only give you like a five-star hotel. You're paying 500 bucks a night, but you can't get any air. Like, Unbelievable. Can I get some air? <laughs> ring, ring. Okay, can I get some air? It's funny. You're bringing, you're bringing in some really some funny memories. Well let's, well, let's move to, I guess, 2011. It's like you took a four-year hiatus. You came back and you were better than you were. Wow, that is... I'm going to take that as a compliment. Yeah, a wow, thank compliment. you. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, um, and it's true as hell. Well, you have to realize at some point that money in a snowboarding career isn't what... It's it's the Bluebird logo, you know, the love of the money logo. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that one, but that's what it's about. I had to go somewhere and figure out if I like snowboarding again. 2011, 12 year. First of all, it was standard films. 20th anniversary and so they asked me if I could film a part and I was like yes I will I will do my my best of course of course I mean those guys are like the best ever they are snowboarding I mean they are yeah and I live in his basement I've played in his band yeah. he's the most amazing guy in the world you yeah. played in Fortress oh yeah yeah I lived I lived with him for a while like we, we played multiple shows together that's so dope so so yep. Mike and Dave ask you to if if you'll consider doing a part. How did that go down? I was living in Jackson, and yeah. they knew I was really adamant about snowboarding because I don't just do things for nothing. Everything is snowboarding. It's snowboarding or climbing. Yeah, my mind does not rest. It yeah. doesn't go to sleep, and it's rock climbing or some. I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse. It's probably why I've been married and divorced. It's probably why me and Tara didn't work out. It's like because she at some point she just like. She was stoked to just let it go. And I was like, I, I can't. Like, and then we just, I don't, I don't even know what happened. I, I seriously can't even answer that, that that last question. What happened? I don't know. With Tara. I mean, like, I still talk to her. I, I call her and she'll be like, yeah, hi. And we, 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 we have the, a really good relationship. And I don't know, like some people, like, like they want to go, maybe they want to go have kids or they want to, I'm I'm a snowboarder, man. I'm a rock climber. My thoughts all day are like I don't I don't care about if the kitchen's clean. I want to go. I don't I want to plug some gear in and like. <laughs> and it's selfish. It's it's horrible. I mean, really, I mean, it's it's like the worst drug that there is. But it just is what it is. Got I it. have a problem. I know for two days there oh, was I, a storm yeah. coming, and then when it finally comes, I can't sleep at night. Oh, I know, and you you watch these people like. And they don't care about it. Like when they sleep in on a, you're like, you slept in on a powder day. Like you just couldn't get up. <laughs> I don't fucking. I have been so hungover in my life. I have done coke till three in the morning and woke up. I have been so drunk in the probably point five, like so <laughs> legally dead in the morning yeah. and yeah. got up and rode pal. It's pal. And you're telling me you had like one or two beers and you. And, uh, and, and like it's always like it's, they had a sushi thing going on or they had like, a, like fuck you man <laughs> you didn't get it are you a snowboarder or are you not are you part of the club or yeah. are you not it's that simple 
So probably that same year when I went up with Segway, that was the first year I, I got to film with, with the standard guys. And Mike had to tell him, he goes, you can sleep when you're dead. Nice. And I'll never forget that. I'm like, whoa, dude. And, and the ethics, and, and they pulled me aside, and they were like, they probably saw what you guys saw, some talent. I, I, I'm okay talking about that. It's not cocky. I'm not trying to be like cocky. They taught me everything that I, like my work ethic, my avalanche savvy, like those guys, did, I would be nothing without those guys. Zero. I was just a, like a kid that's, Oh, this is a good story. Me and Rich Van Avery, right? He was a photographer. He was actually filming with Standard at the time, 16 millimeter. And he had two extra rolls of film because they were, um, he had gotten, gone filming that day and it was a powder day squat. And so he came down the mountain and I was, I was skating in his garage. He had this little half pipe. And he's like, hey, you want to go film some stuff? I'm like, yeah. Well, well, what, do you, what do you think? Don or something, maybe? He's like, well, we got like four hours left of light. And I got, I got this roll of film, and I haven't used it yet. And it said Tom Day on it, right? <laughs> Tom Day, like the most badass skier in the fucking world, right? Yeah. I'm going to be on the end of Tom Day's roll. Like, fucking heavy, dude. <laughs> dude. I'm like, no, I don't uh, I don't know. I just, so we, we drove down the hill. We're in Alpine Meadows. I don't know. I got like a six-pack of Coors Light or something. I'm like, where do you want to go? We ripped up the Donut Summit, filmed just me and a filmer. Like, there was nobody else, like, completely irresponsible high avalanche danger but yeah so we went up there and we got shots up there and then he's like well because back then like when you shot with the film you'd only shoot like for a second like three two one dropping like meant something it was like 20 bucks every time i think it was so then we drove from there an hour away and went to mount rose and we got like two shots up there and they gave me the end part in their movie even though it wasn't the, the part is embarrassing but but that's how I ran into the Hatchet Brothers. That's and it was so funny, too, because they didn't even know it. And then all of a sudden, they get their footage back. They're like, okay, we got this Kevin guy on here. And, and um, so the biggest, the most important phone call I've ever gotten in my life, because we, we, we kind of had to like go on a limb on that one, more Richie than me. And so they got the transfer back, you know, because it takes like 30 days to get it back, right? And my catcher calls me and says, hey, Kevin. I'm like, who is this? <laughs> my catcher. And my, like, my knees started shaking, right? I'm like, I'm like hello. I was, um, I, we would like to film with you next year if that's okay. Like, it's so formal. It was so, I was expecting to be like, yeah, man. I, uh, yeah. But it was, well, we would like to film with you next year. I'm like, I, I don't even know what I said. I was just like, uh, uh, uh yeah. Uh, okay yeah and that was that I remember your flat spins leaving an impression on me I'd never seen anyone spin like that I got taught by Jimmy Hopoff to yeah. spin off my toes you know and he's a master of it and I could never never do it backwards and I was just always like man Jimmy just teach me how to how do you do that and I would just <laughs> study him and like watch him and me and Jimmy would go on these tri- we go on 30 day trips we go to you know, every year, the biggest secret in the world, hey, Wolf Creek, Colorado, people, you want to go snowboarding early season? Just go to Wolf Creek. Like, it snows every year, and the people there are fucking awesome. You want to learn how to treat people? You want to learn how to, like, live in a mountain town? And there's hot springs. And Ooh, nice. It's just funny. Like, they, they, they don't... People think this thing is, it's, it's all about, like, the snowboarding, but it's really... The, the lifestyle is it's pretty amazing. 
and, yeah. and the people that you run into. And that's why it's so hard when it's for people when it's over or when it's going to be over or or over in, in the way that it's been or been portrayed. It's like people don't they don't leave snowboarding. Like Jimmy, like at Progressive Springs, it, it, we used to go there every year, like early. We'd have 30 days under our belt before we... There was a year that me and Jimmy went to the, the X Games, and I think we both... I don't know if we won or... I think he got third and I got second or something. I think Peter went in my business. Not that that even... <laughs> like, what? And then it's like, okay, if you do good in the X Games, then you can go to Alaska. Like, <laughs> somebody's going to pay for you to go to, like, ride powder somewhere. You know? <laughs> right, right. Fucking be awesome. So me and Jimmy, but we just laughed. We're just like, dude, well, how come people aren't doing this? How come people aren't going to Wolf Creek all, all spring and then hanging out with like awesome people? I just remember tripping out with him. And we're like, what are these people doing in this industry? Like, where's our industry going? And, but we had no control. It was like zero. Right. Even though we were at the top of our game and we're like, we're going to this X Games thing? And we're sitting in our hotel room. Me and Jimmy had, we went out and like smashed some bottles on our head, whatever, like got yeah. drunk. But this thing's stupid. But it, but it, it was a way for us to go. You know, at the end of the year, then come March, we're in Alaska, right? So like we're riding top. Like we're doing. We had to go through those steps, those hoops, to make trips happen. Like your dream trips. That's that's all that was about. That's all the X Games and all that shit and like contests in general. Is only a way to make money. To go to, to those go trips. and do rad shit, and then all of a sudden it was like the X Games became you, and then all of a sudden like and it happened so fucking quick. And Jimmy got out early because Jimmy's. You should do one with Jimmy. He's I have to do one with Jimmy. You know what sucks about this whole thing is I lost like a little bit of connection with him. Like snowboarding, hurt. it hurts. This generation that we have, or, or what I was in involved with. It's, it's not just, you know, you just go up to the mountain, like, who are these fucking assholes at Instagram every day that, that they're in the mammoth parts? I just talked with Sean Sullivan. The photographers were there one day, and then digital came in, and an entire craft was dissolved. Filmers came in and started calling the shots where, you know what I mean? Like, so photographers used to be able to just go and say, hey... I'm going to stand here, you go where you go, I'll get a good shot. And then filmers came in, and they were top dogs, and said, hey, I can't have a fucking photographer in this shot, can you move? And meanwhile, you have a guy shaking in his boots, like, thinking, like, I don't want to die today. It's a heavy, it's a, you painted that picture very well. So Rankwood told me that he would be in Alaska, and he wouldn't want to get out of bed, because he was so afraid of what he was obligated to do that day. Oh my God, that is such a perfect quote. I want that on my wall. Oh my God, that was incredible. I'm, I, I don't even know if I can even continue. Yes, Ranquit. Of course it's Ranquit that said that. I sat up there in my fucking hotel room, man. Like, window open, 30 degrees outside going, fuck, I'm scared. Shaking. Shaking. How come the meat, how come people don't know this? I don't know. Like, do football players do that? Like, Probably, yeah. Our pro sport is fucking gnarly. Yeah, no, <laughs> the sport's gnarly. It's crazy. Frankwood also said that he was up in Alaska with Craig Kelly and kind of gave him a nudge and said, uh, it's this. This is what snowboarding is. This is its own thing here. 
Oh, this is big good. Ones. Yeah, this is good. I've talked to Rankwood about this before. Snowboarding is—it's—it's it's not a copycat of skateboarding. It's not. Fucking Can you imagine, my, like, like my little dipshit self? I was on the same team. As my heroes, right? John Cardiel and Mike Rankwood. You want to hear how blessed I am? I got an opportunity to be on the same team as these dudes. Like when we were on a photo shoot with Mike Rankwood and John Cardiel. <laughs> Dreams do come true for us. We dreamt that we were pro snowboarders. So we left Vancouver. We went down to Mount Hood. We we're going to be pro snowboarders. I never once, still to this day, I have a hard time telling myself I'm a pro snowboarder. There you go. That's the difference is that we went down trying to be something. We came back and we had to admit that we weren't. But we got to say we did meet one guy. He slept out in a wood pile. The next year you blew up and we were like, that was our guy. He was there. Like You instantly became huge. We felt like we'd wow, made it. that's heavy. Yeah, no, we felt like we'd made it because you just continued to yeah. make it. And we were like, that's, we got to ride with that guy. We got to fucking hang out and chill with that guy. He's fucking amazing. So, yeah. Well, it's not over. No, it's not. Not even close. I snowboard more now than I ever have. And enjoy it more now no, than it, I ever it, have. It's more enjoyable. Yeah, exactly. You, you, you summed it up. It's more enjoyable. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. I thought this was going to be just some stupid interview, but it's actually turning into... I'm, so, I'm really excited that you called me. Fucking right, Kevin. I get a, a little emotional. I'm emotional about snowboarding. It's, it's my life. It's, it's religion. It's a coal. It's a, it's a fucking... like. It means a lot to me. I'm over people... Like sometimes I just trip out on myself. I'm like, oh, well, am I just being selfish? It's like, no, I mean, you're a snowboarder, man. Like, you know what it means to be a snowboarder? It means a lot. It, it means it, this thing is it's a big fucking deal. Yeah, man. It's not. It's not just oh, I, I play volleyball every once in a while. Or I'm a dog owner. It's mega, and, and I just I really appreciate you telling me these stories, especially since they're good ones. <laughs> Tom Burt being just in the house where Tom Burt is oh, telling snowboards. If you if you hung out with Tom Burt for two hours, yeah, I mean that you're lucky. You're already lucky. You're already like like that dude is beyond like like I don't, I don't even compare to that guy. It's not even a it's it's I know it's different. It's a different kind of snowboarding style, but the dude is so fucking heavy and putting all that stuff together and, yeah. and having to deal with Dave and Mike and, <laughs> and Tom Day. It's like, it's like when we found Haynes last year. Okay, here, here's a good story for you. When we found Haynes, me and Johan, Tom Day, Mike Hatchett, like some world-class skiers there. But So we, we got to take a gas like, for this helicopter, right? Like, yeah. Okay, we, we've been like locked in Skagway last day for probably at least 10 days. I'm going to think it's more like 14. But wow. we, we couldn't move. Like, you couldn't, you couldn't get it. There was no, the mail flights weren't flying. Like, the, cause up there it's mail flights, right? There's all these little beaver planes. So if you could hear the beaver, you're like, anyways, we couldn't get it out. And then we're like, okay, well, what do you do? Well, we, you're drinking for a couple of days. Tommy Moe is up there, that guy. And so we're trying to hang out and just ride some powder. And everything was so big. Like, that place is magic, but it's just too fucking big, dude. Like, huge. Like, huge headwalls. Like, 
like crazy cathedrals and, and we're flying and then Slaz was there and Johan was there. The only other time I've been scared here was in a helicopter with Xavier, but get this crew. Like chew on this for a second. Johan, me, Slaz. Oh my god. Uh, I know, and I'm a fucking trip. I'm sitting there just going, <laughs> like I was like flipping out, right? So we get shut down like multiple times, like whatever. And we got like pretty good budgets. Like everybody's got a like, good budget. There's no way like super strict stress on money, right? You know? Because that, I mean that's a factor. Like some of those trips, if somebody's stressed, I don't know, it brings them down because you can. I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever be able to go on one again. But I'd love to. But long story long, so we go out there, and it's just, it's like, I watch Salaz just bump on these things that would make any Instagram today of anybody would just love to watch what I watched. But it wasn't even filmable. Like, like we didn't film that shit. You just, you just wrote it, and you didn't film. If it, unless it was film-worthy, it's just, it, that's the weird generation gap thing that we got going on. <clears throat> yeah, you film everything now. But all you're making... I don't want to see that shit. It's horrible. Like you, you, we used to have take pride in ourselves. It wasn't about like there was no likers or the whole paradigm has changed. It's weird. It, not only is it weird, it's scary. It makes me like not even want to be a part of it. Yeah, I could see that. But so you have this dream team up here. So then we're like, fuck, man. Well, this sucks. It's too big. It's like it's too crazy. Like and to this day, nobody's been back to Skagway. My point being is we all put in ten grand, ten fucking thousand dollars. <laughs> can I say can I say that again? Holy shit. Ten fucking thousand dollars to go find a new place, right? To go snowboard. People don't do that anymore. No, they don't that, go on recons. So now we we got in the helicopter and we go, fuck, I, I think right over so if you're in Skagway, right, you look across and you're looking into in Glacier Bay and you're looking at paints, basically. I'm like, okay, well, let's go over there. So we put a bunch of fuel in this stupid little helicopter. Went, let's go check that out. And Haynes was born. And that's Haynes. We flew over there. I have, my body is so chilled out right now. I can't even, I get chills. So we flew over. I get emotional so important to me it's crazy we flew over it, it was white capped I remember it like it was yesterday so super gnarly white capped because we couldn't fly out we, nobody could move but we got a helicopter there and we flew over there like against the will of like you don't get signed off you just fucking go grab the helicopter and just go right so we went I go, go let's, let's go over here and stand to the Steve Jones of TGR, and it was my catchet, and it was myself. And we flew over to Haynes and saw the, it, speechless. I don't have pictures, like, if it was today, there would be like, you know, I don't know, there'd be like Instagrams of it, like pictures. It would be like a, a fixed wing, filming fixed wing, filming fixed wing, filming <laughs> helicopters, filming. <laughs> Fuck that, man. So anyways, we got in there, I just remember coming over the harbor and just going, like, oh, my God. Like, we're on the wrong side of the hill. <laughs> <laughs> and so the only conversation that we had was, like, how do we get fuel here? How do we get fuel here? How do we get fuel here? Like, it's like obsession. 
like the mind was just like, fuck, how do we get fuel to hang? I was just on a mission, dude. I just wanted to snowboard. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of still there. I wanted to be in standard film. Yeah. Because back then you didn't have internet. You didn't have fucking Instagram. I wanted to be in a, in a standard film. And yeah. I didn't know what that entailed. Fuck, it, it took half of my life. Yeah. And you know what they did? You know what the most amazing compliment I ever got in my life? The most amazing thing. I, my whole body is chilling. Was they the best of TV? Who's the first one? I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. <laughs> I was with my my ex wife. Yeah. She didn't. She, she was like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's cool. Oh fucking heavy, dude. It was it was crazy, dude. Like I didn't even want it. God, it, it chokes me up. When I say that dreams come true, that dreams do come true. I don't care what the people are doing. No, like I'm done. Like I can die now. Like I'm a snowboarder, man. Like all I do is look at weather reports. And I'm a fucking snowboarder. Shoot me now. I'm a snowboarder. <laughs> all right, dude. Thanks okay, again, brother. All right, talk soon. Take care of yourself. Yeah, okay. you too. Bye-bye. Bye. F and rad shoutouts to all the listeners around the world this week. Thanks, you guys. You guys are the best. Special thanks to our guest, Kevin Jones. Fucking awesome talking to you, buddy. That was crazy awesome. Make sure you come back next week for our season finale of season two of the F and Rad Snowboarding Podcast with a very special guest. All right. The F and Rad Snowboarding Podcast is brought to you by BR Productions. I, I fucking hate phones. There's nothing worse in your life than a fucking phone. If you get obsessed with a, you know, with a sport, sport. <laughs> uh, did I just say that? I didn't say that, did I? Yeah. Oh, God, I have been doing too many interviews. Sport, yeah. It's a sport, fuckers. <laughs>